right, today we have Mr. Abram Lou Evanon. He is joining us on Ingeniously May Whole podcast today. We're so excited to have him as our special guest today. As you know, Ingeniously May Whole serves our teens and our youth and just helps really uplift our parents and just be a positive place for them to just get different tips and different tools to help them push on because we know in this life today it's just so hard and so this is a place of positivity where you can come get tips for your teen or your child and just different ways that you can help raise your child but also just for upliftment and just understanding your child of today because we know in today's time it's so hard to try to raise your child because it's not like it was back in the day when it used to be we had a whole village to raise a child. So today we have Abram here. We're so excited for him to be here and tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us some of your background. Thank you, Brittany. It's a pleasure to be here. Like I said, it's been a long time coming to try to get connected, but I'm glad we're here. Um, my name is Abram Loveno, uh, 27 years old. I was born in Duvalde, Texas. South Texas, and um, I moved around a lot for a few different reasons. Um, really involved with uh, baseball, that ended up being what kind of took me all over the place. Um, I've lived South Texas, North Texas, Central Texas, East Texas, pretty much everywhere besides out in the out in the I guess west side of Texas. You know, it's pretty flat out there. So, um, but just finally made my way to DFW to kind of put some roots down and um, play college baseball that kind of shaped who I was that led me to professional baseball and um, being in the professional realm showed me what I wanted to do with people, how I wanted to impact people Um, and now I'm here in Fort Worth finishing up my master's degree and um, hopefully within the next few years I'll be fully licensed such as yourself you know following after your footsteps and um, you know eventually just be able to work with athletes uh, from a clinical perspective clinical therapy perspective and um, just make make good positive change because a lot of young people need that right now Yes, and also by you being a male in the educational system, I think that is also amazing because our kids need that. And it's something about males. It's like when y'all say stuff, people listen. Kids listen. They're like, okay, yes, let me get in line <laughs> and do what you say do. <laughs> I know, and it's 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 frustrating, but I get it, you know, because uh, a woman will tell them something, no response. <laughs> they call me, I come in, and, you know, and, and – it's I get it, but at the same time, it is frustrating. Um, but that's where I attempt to do, to do my best to tell them, like, if they say this, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't have to say it more than once. They shouldn't have to call me if they say this. It's yes, ma'am. And that's an end of the conversation. Yes. yes. And so tell us about what led you to get into, like, the mental health realm. I would say definitely my own mental health. Mm-hmm. Um I, though I did play at the professional level, I know that my mental health definitely played a part in the length of my career. Um, I think largely because of my own decision making, but life definitely got to me um, in my teenage years. Mm -hmm. 
from moving a lot to my parents' divorce to dealing with just the general pressures of being a teenager growing up, um, I definitely suffered from uh, depression in a way. And I don't think on a clinical level, but I definitely think I was avoiding a lot and trying to find different avenues to try to pacify that hurt in me. And a lot of the time in the college and professional uh, realm, it's normal. It's normal to be participating in, in alcohol and partying and those types of things. So I didn't really look at it from that perspective. Um, but upon kind of stepping back, once I finished, I I examined everything that I had been through and what what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to be in uh, therapy, but I hadn't exactly picked my niche yet. And whenever I did take that step back, I realized, okay, I need to be um, really in like the late teens to, you know, mid-20s, late-20s. I feel like that was where... Uh, I could have used the most amount of help mm-hmm. and that's kind of what led me just seeing, being a part of it and seeing young men destroy themselves um, slowly mm-hmm. you know, and, and impacting those around them because the older you get the more responsibility you have and the more eyes are on you so that was kind of how it all came together yeah, and I'm glad you said that because when we talk about mental health, especially then growing up, a lot of times people, that was not a topic, you know, and now people are like mental health, mental health, mental health. But then it was like, if you said something about your mental health, people are like, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you going to go tell somebody all your business? Oh, you can do it yourself. Or just different things that people say, you know, they're like, oh, just pray about it. But you have to apply, do something, apply some type of work, get some type of help, talk to somebody to help you. And I think that's just so important that you said that. And when you're going through depression and different things, it's like, okay, what am I supposed to do? And then also being a man in that role of dealing with that, it's like, really, it's the stigma that's surrounded by it. And it's like, I'm glad you said that because it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, we all go through things. So we need help. We need help. And it's okay to admit that we really do need help. It shouldn't be a thing along the lines of if you're a man or a woman or, you know, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Nothing. We all go through things and we all need some help and it's okay. Yes, ma'am. So we need more men in that role. (laughs) 100%. And even though, like, the clinical therapy is dominated largely by women. Mm -hmm. um, But I think that it's similar to trauma. It is you know, layered on top of, layer on top of layer as far as, um, you know, one, being a man, mm-hmm. it's not really appropriate or warranted. Two, mm-hmm. culturally, uh, the black community, the Latino community, non-existent pretty much <laughs> up until the past probably five years, yes. you know, somewhere in there. Depending on, on the age. That, <laughs> yeah, right. And then on top of that, um, like athletes. So, Obviously, we're supposed to be, athletes are supposed to be mentally tough, Mm -hmm. strong, and no weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So if if an athlete were to even voice that, that they were having some mental struggles, they would be worried about getting written off, not Mm -hmm. playing, getting cut, all sorts of types of things. So it it can be very daunting for, especially 
the higher you go in competition, college, professional level, it's easier, um, at least in the short term, to just slide it under the rug. Let's mm-hmm. keep going, keep pushing, than to voice it and not necessarily know how people are going to react to that. That's true. That's true. So that brings us to our next point. Who would you say has been the most influential in your life? I had to think about this um, really, really hard because I think there's so many different people that contribute to our life, but um, if I had to pick one, it would probably be my great-grandfather, um, who is not even my blood, mm-hmm. not even my blood, he is actually my state step-great-grandfather who passed away in 2017. Um, I really didn't even get to know him that well because by the time I started to get older and appreciate that level of wisdom and, uh, (laughs) you know, that level of just greatness, he was already just so old. I mean, he just, he would tell the same war stories, Um, you know, just kind of just the great grandpa. But I think what stood out the most was just how he treated people. Um, that, That, yeah, he, he, zero talking it was all action mm. and he was born in 1931 so they would know nothing but action that's right so that was really um i guess who impacted me the most and he really we really didn't have much conversation um but the way he loved people and how how much of himself he tried to give and how gentle he was Mm. just a gentle man which is very very I would say rare you know a a gentle man who's also a man so essentially a man's man Um, just a good good hard-working honest man Mm. so unfortunately I didn't get to know him (laughs) extremely well but I what I know of him is is just the best enough for me to say that he's the most influential person. No. I mean, what more can we ask for? You know, someone that's leading by example, treating people right, being kind. Because we live in a world now where so many people are out for themselves. And we don't see that, you know, where people are even saying, you know, thank you for holding the door open or just taking the time to call and check on someone else, you know, instead of everyone is like always thinking about themselves, you know, me, 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 me. <laughs> so anytime we can, you know, change that up a little bit or just be like, okay, what can I do to be of help to someone else? I think is so amazing. And the fact that you had someone to lead you and guide you and show you when you were ready to listen, because I know when we're in our teen stage, we're like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> And then once we live life, we're like, oh, now I know what you were trying to tell me. And so that leads us to our next one. What would you say has been the biggest life lesson that you have learned up to this point in your life? I actually heard it put into words. I think it was something that I understood, but I heard it put into words like two or three weeks ago. And whenever I heard it, it kind of just, you know, shocked, shocked me and like, that's what it is um that there will always be obstacles in our life no matter what whether you're making good decisions whether you're making bad decisions life is obstacle after obstacle after obstacle and the more that you learn to conquer those obstacles um in the most efficient way the greater individual you become 
allowing you to overcome the next obstacle. Yeah. I love that. It kind of reminds me of one time when I was sitting in church and um, the pastor said, either you're going through something you're either you're getting ready to go through something you're either in the middle of something or you're just coming out of something and I remember hearing that and I was like oh my gosh that is so real like and it's true because if you're not going through something you're getting ready to (laughs) or you're in the middle of something whether you know it or not you're about to that's right that's right and so what would you say was the biggest turning point in your life when I started reading books. Same here, like, same here. It changed everything. And ironically, I started reading the Bible and other books at the exact same time, like within a month of each other. And everything changed. My whole world changed. My mind changed. I changed. Um, I, I can't, the only way I can describe it is like a tiny little flame and then gasoline is the reading in the books and like just gasoline just makes it explode and that's what reading did for me it, mm. it changed my world yeah and it does and just expanding your knowledge one time i was reading an article and it talked about how ceos of big companies what sets them apart from people who work <laughs> and work 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 is the fact that they read they take the time to read books so they might read anywhere between 26 to 48 books a year whether it's audio or physical. And I was like, man, that makes sense. Because if we're working all the time, we're not expanding our knowledge. How are we elevating ourselves? And I was like, it's so important for us to start elevating ourselves. And so once I started reading different books, like The 10X Rule by Grant Cardone, I was like, okay, so this is how he got his level of success. He was like, I have to, I can't just be mediocre. I have to go 10 times harder. He was like, you know, everyone else is setting a goal of 10. Okay, that means I need to go 100, get 100 clients, or I need to make 100 phone calls. And I'm like, wow, that's true. Because a lot of times we're like, I did my 10, I'm done. Like, (laughs) but if you want to be the best, you have to give so much greater. So you're right about that. Reading books is important. And one thing that really blew my mind was that I think the first one that I ever read was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Yes. And that was essentially a compilation of, you know, all the individuals that he had met, you know, but he compiled it. And it took him, I think, 30, 30, 40, you know, yeah, yeah, long time. (laughs) And whenever I finished that book, I hated reading, but I... Ironically, I went to the library one morning, just because, no reason at all, and um, I was just just picking out books randomly, and going through the whole library, and I came across that book and picked it out, and I read the first chapter just standing there, and I have never really done that to a book, and I was like, wow, this thing is amazing, so I ended up checking it out, and I finished it in three days, See? and by the end of that third day, I felt like my brain was like, massive, and... I sat back after I finished and I was like, if this took this man, if, if it took this man 30 yeah. plus years, mm-hmm. if not his whole lifetime to write this book and I read it in three days, mm. I just gained that much knowledge, That's right. you know, and it, it like showed me what the power of reading books is and it, it really changed it. And another thing I heard that once I started reading books, um, I had read somewhere that Warren Buffett spends like 
almost double digit hours reading in order to make like two or three decisions for his entire day and that just showed me how important reading is before you're actually making a decision so that's true just all those combination of things really just set it off yes and you just help me see on a broader scale it's like you know from in the role that we play um you know in our day-to-day lives with counseling and social emotional learning it just really shows when we're dealing with the adults If they're not getting that knowledge, they can only communicate based on what they know, but they don't know that they need to expand their knowledge so they can share this and lead their child. It makes a difference. And so that's why we're like, we're not going to blame the child, but also as a parent, you got to do your part and, you know, expand your knowledge because we can't just use social media as knowledge. (laughs) It's a, man, that's a whole Right, that's right. Itself, but <laughs> that's part two. Part two. Yeah, right. No, that's no joke at all, man. <laughs> so, what would you say is something that our young are just facing? Whether it's a young adult, a young teen, what are they facing in today's society? What challenges would you say? I am going to say the word but <laughs> I I think that words mean different things so I would say entitlement mm. and I'm gonna snap them now <laughs> yeah that could mean so many different things and for me whenever I say entitlement it's that I deserve something without working for it mm-hmm. or even asking nicely for it right and, and i put in the work <laughs> yeah they there's just so much entitlement that it, it scares me for what the next 10 or 20 years holds because i mean if you want something you have to go get it like you have to go out and work mm-hmm. for it nobody's gonna pay your mortgage nobody's gonna feed you that's right nobody's gonna buy you a car you are going to have to do that um and i would say that like when it comes to like work work ethic our society um is in a like atrophy of work ethic Mm -hmm. and like similar to a muscle if you're not working at that muscle that muscle will essentially like just slowly slowly dissipate and become non-existent essentially Mm -hmm. so it's just it's scary that the direction that we're going it really um, is and I say all the time I, I joke about it but I really do mean it I'm like man we better take really good care of our health because I don't know because <laughs> the youth is not the youth is not going to take care of us man <laughs> And I see that so much. And even after talking to, like, different nurses and going in different doctors, I still tell you, like, they're having to let go of the nurses and those that are in training because they don't want to listen or don't want to follow directions. And that's becoming the trend in just different fields. You know, people are getting laid off their jobs because they're like, look, you know, you have to (laughs) do something to get something. No one's going to just give this to you. And so I hear it said over and over, people like, okay, you know, at home, you're baby Johnny or Jun Jun or 
whatever, right? When we get into this real world, people don't care about this, that, and the other. It's like, can you do the job? Can you show up on time? And it's just different qualities that are needed in our children that we're trying to show them and get them prepared, but they don't see it because things are just given to them. And you're right, that could be a whole nother story because me personally, I feel like if you didn't do the work, you don't get a 50. That's a zero. You didn't do anything. (laughs) And they're entitled. They're entitled. Like, I literally would go through and put zeros in, and then I would have to spend all this time changing them back to 50 because of the policy. And then kids would literally be like, Miss, why did you give me a 68? Well, technically, I didn't give you anything. (laughs) You actually earned way less than that. Yes, ma'am. Like, even... I, whenever I see children go out of their way to help somebody or like pick up a piece of trash, like I didn't have to tell them they did it upon themselves, took it upon themselves to do it. I always go out of my way to reward them. And the other children are like automatically like, well, why, why don't I get it? Like, give me one. I'm like, what? what are you talking about? Like, first of all, I don't even have to give this to them. It's not. It's not like this is a requirement. I'm. I'm wanting to give it to them because of their generosity, right. their heart, their desire to help or just clean up. So, I mean, it, it's just they live in fantasy land, mm-hmm. and that's it's like scary. the simplest way I can put it. <laughs> They don't live in the real world. They don't. They do not. So that brings us to what advice would you give to any young adult who is battling mental health challenges or just trying to navigate life in this world? I would say, and it's kind of ironic, but <laughs> focus on yourself. Yes. First. Focus you on know that goes to the title of my book, right? Stop the drama, stop comparing, and focus on you. Because I'm like, focus. That's what, that, <laughs> it, it, it brings it all together. It brings it all together. <laughs> focus on yourself, not on the world, not on your neighbor, mm. not on what he, she, they, <sighs> or Joe Schmo is doing. <laughs> Say focus that on again. Yourself and what you need to be doing. And that will take care of not only your problems, but the world's problems. Because you will start to realize okay, I'm good. How can I start giving myself to other people? How can I start helping my community? How can I start helping other young men and women and in whatever capacity that may be? Mm -hmm. So I think the world, the powers that be, the government, social media, whoever you want to call it, they, the world, want to distract you at every single Mm -hmm. crisscross turn any chance they get they want your attention they want Mm -hmm. you to be focused on something that's not you because they know that they can profit off of it that's right because think about social media how many times people click on social media and then they spend hours on there you know you have to have self-discipline and then also you know when it comes to you made me think about my son he was on when he was in elementary younger but he was on the snitch committee and his job was to go and report <laughs> with three other kids to report what everybody else in the class was doing. And so when my aunt found out, she was like, oh, no, that is unacceptable. Get off of that committee. 
<laughs> but it's like we're like we're teaching them mind your own business, stay in your own lane. But then it's like you know they're around their friends and they hear other things like, and it becomes the norm. That's why it's like, Miss, he's doing something, she's doing something. It's like no. <sighs> Focus on yourself. If you do the right thing, if everyone focuses on themselves, then we'll have a whole <laughs> class of people doing the right thing. But I think it's hard because even I see that with the adults, you know, the parents, they come up here, they're like, hey, such and such did this in the drop-off line. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Thank you, ma'am, for telling us. <laughs> yes. And, and that's like, it, it is, and I tell them, I appreciate you telling me. Thank you very much. <laughs> but is that necessary? Like, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing first? Um, and it's like, you know, it's a not a gray area, but it can be, it takes wisdom to be able to determine, is this information that is so important that I must tell someone? Or is just their problem? And I need to right. leave it as their problem. True. Because even from the counselor perspective, as you see too, when we get ready to go and investigate, when someone comes and brings us something, that such and such did this to them, then we find out, before I know it, it's like 10 people in my office oh, yeah. because now they're like, oh, no, actually these people, <laughs> or even the person that came to originally tell you, they did something too. <laughs> so you're like, <laughs> the whole story starts unraveling. You got you start pulling on a string, and the whole thing goes. Yes, that blanket out. is no longer a blanket because it's. <laughs> no man. Yes, well, there's just so much that's going on in our world, and I think it's just important for us to just bring that to the attention and just let people know that you know we're here. Um, if you have mental health challenges. Don't sweep it under the rug. No matter who tells you to like, oh, it's okay. No. If you're feeling some type of way, go seek help. You know, you can seek a therapist. You can journal. Take a walk. Just do things to make sure that your mental health is in check. Because even for you and I, with our jobs being so stressful and so demanding, and then we have family on top of everything else that we do... I think it's so important for us to check ourselves. And I feel like in this day and time, no one, don't wait for someone to come and ask you and say, hey, are you okay? Or, hey, you know, go take a break or go refill your cup because we just don't live in a world where people are like, hey, is your cup full today? (laughs) It would be nice, but it's not like that. So we have to make sure we check our own selves. And so developing some type of routine is important, whether you're an adult or a child. To say, okay, did I, you know, spend time with in my words today? Did I, you know, meditate? Did I journal? You know, I literally have a checkoff list that I go through to make sure that I'm doing these things. Because if not, everything just gets all out of control. <laughs> do you have something oh, that you yeah. do? <laughs> yeah. Uh, read. Read the Bible. Yes. And praying, I think. It's so crazy how it can impact you. Uh, you know, even like subconsciously and unconsciously you don't even realize how it excuse me how much it is helping you mm-hmm. until you stop and you, you just get all out of whack like you said everything just goes crazy i think it's just because we live in such a fast-paced environment that mm-hmm. it's the, it's our nature it's like i guess the nature of our environment that we were born into that we're in currently um and finding ways to like kind of pump the brake yeah really the, the thing on top of like working out working out for me is so so <laughs> so helpful and it can be a wide range of things um 
actually yesterday I got invited to go bouldering, which I had never been. I even never heard of that. Um, but even that was so much fun. It was extremely tiring. Like my forearms and hands are toast today. But it was it was a totally different like atmosphere. I'd never done anything like that. It was scary to me. I'm not too big on heights. Um, yeah, me either. Because you, you don't have a harness on. Like you're just climbing and. It, I'm telling you, it is totally <laughs> exhilarating, but I knew that I was scared. I knew I was scared to do it, but I was like, hey, you know, there's a big cushion at the ground. I'll be fine. Like, And that in itself was not only physically, um, I guess, exhilarating. It was mentally and emotionally exhilarating, too. So, And I'm a person of uh, habit, just like any human, but I like to just lift weights and I like to run. So doing that was really out of my comfort zone, um, but I definitely will go back. Absolutely yes, go back, so. awesome. I'm glad you shared that because we have to overcome our fears and just be willing to do something out of our comfort zone. And then it's like once you do that, that just boosts your confidence, you know, your confidence, your self-esteem. It just makes yes. you feel so proud of yourself because you did something yes. out of the norm. You know, it's like some people, they yes. eat the same thing every single day. I'm like, come on, try something different, please. <laughs> I love to try different foods, but if you put the same thing, chicken, in front of me, I can literally eat chicken every single day, and I will be so happy. But I love to explore. I love, I do love all sorts of food, but like I'm also, I can eat the same thing. So I guess it's best of both worlds, right? Right. Yes, that's good. Well, we're so excited to have you on our show today. Um, if someone wants to get in contact with you, how can they reach you? So they can actually go to my website, uh, my first name, last name, uh, .com, abramalovino.com, and um, you can set up, uh, well, at that point, you can send me a message, and we can we can set something up. Um, that's probably the best way. Awesome. Do you want to spell your first and last name so they can reach you? Absolutely. A-B-R-A-N-L-U-E. V as in Victor, A-N-O.com. All right, awesome. Well, we look forward to people contacting you and reaching you. And we're just so excited for you to be on Ingenuously May Hall and choosing my podcast to be on today as we talked about overcoming mental health challenges and just giving words of wisdom and advice to our youth and parents so they can actually propel themselves and just do better and just be inspired to be greater because we know that as a parent it does not come with any type of guide we're out here just trying to do the best that we can (laughs) but when you have guidance and people who are willing to help you and lead you and guide you along the way you know definitely take a hold of those tips do not be afraid to reach out to abram um whatever questions you have he's here to help you especially if it's regarding mental health or anything along those lines. And again, thank you guys for tuning in to Ingenuously Mayhole.